What's going on guys? Charles Rob, aka The Handsome Home Buyer, here with the team. Just finished editing a fire podcast. We have Katarina Morrison, Greg's favorite. Didn't hate it. And first podcast. Check it out. Yeah, kid. Welcome, welcome everybody back to, oh, the, I shouldn't say back to, this is the second episode of, you know, we're rebranding the podcast. Oh, really? It's not Handsome Home Buyer Podcast anymore. It's Smells Like Cat Pee with Handsome. I have two cats. Do you? Yeah. I love cats. But they don't smell. <laughs> no, but I'm sure you've been into nasty, nasty places in the boroughs and beyond that do smell. No? I'm a luxury agent. Oh, yes. All right. <laughs> you're, yes, you're, you're, yes. You and I are, are basically on the opposite ends of the spectrum. You, exactly. you list and sell for big money the nicest, most glamorous things. And I am going into the stinkiest, most disgusting, garbage-filled things. Wow. Levy. Charles. Do you know who charges into anything? It doesn't matter if it's luxury or if it smells like cat pee. Lisa. Who is it? Captain, Captain Permit. 516-513-8838. Aaron, who's standing across there. Can we get a shot of Aaron? <laughs> not only is he Jewish, not only did he have a bar mitzvah like me, he referred Captain Permit last week, and we appreciate him for that. 516-513-8838. We got Mike at the helm. If you have any kind of permit issues all across Long Island, we don't do the boroughs. Okay, I'll do. But if you sell luxury on Long Island and you have a permit problem, who are you going to call? Captain Permit. Captain Permit. 516-513-8838. Obviously, if you have a house that smells like cat pee, if you have a luxury house, you're going to call Katarina. <laughs> If you have a house that smells like cat pee is dated from the 1960s, six inches of mold on the wall, human waste floating past the basement steps. I'm quick, I'm easy. Levy, what am I? No, yes. You forgot to do the thing. Yes, I'm a good time. I wanna buy it. 516-777, sold. So, we've been trying to get this together for a while. But now we're, now here. we're here. Now we're here and I gotta show everybody because this doesn't happen. People that are out here that come on the podcast, I can be bribed with gifts. <laughs> I don't drink, but this is very cool. Levy, can we get a close-up of this? Mm. Sexy. All right. Today's guest is everything luxury. Oh, you're, you're exotic. You're glamorous. You're, you're, just, you're doing a great job on social media. I've been following you for some time. I was like, we got to do this because typically I don't really have luxury agents and I see you doing really great things for a great team. All right, Juan Baranecci has been a uh, connection of mine for quite some time. We've done a bunch of things together. Great guy, building a great team. And it's really nice to see you guys growing. We're talking about the Gold Bar team and you kind of just kind of bursted onto the scene. You could have been doing this for many years, but I don't know. But I've seen you kind of in the last 12 months. Mm -hmm. burst onto social media and you're in Miami, you're in New York <laughs> City, you're doing deals there, you're doing deals here, you're having a good time while you're doing it. So with that said, we have EXP's own Katarina Morrison from the Gold Bar team. Yes, it's all about me. Welcome. It's, it's, <laughs> it's all about you. It's your world. We are just, we're living in it. Um, so we were talking offline before, just to get a little background. You are, um, have a very diverse background. 
Yes, I do. I'm Russian, I'm Romanian, I'm Ukrainian, and I moved to the United States seven years ago. So now I'm a New Yorker living in Miami. About <laughs> moving to Miami tomorrow. Next week. Moving to Miami uh, next week. How many languages do you speak? Uh, three. So English, Russian. And Romanian. And Romanian. Yes. I mean, Romanian is not a thing for me anymore because mm -hmm. I don't practice it. Okay. But Russian is my first language, and I would say English is my second language now. Mm -hmm. Romanian is third. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, it became the third one, yeah. So, and it's very impressive because you don't, like, you've, you, did, you did not do real estate. You're 28 years old, so you came when you were 21 years old. Mm -hmm. Were you doing real estate there, or you just started real estate here? Uh, there, there was no such an industry as real estate in my country. I had no idea about real estate, anything about the industry, but I always knew that I want to live in New York, New York City because of the skyline, skyscrapers. Mm. So I was like, I have to live in New York City. That's why I moved to this city. So what, uh, tell me a little bit about that because that's kind of cool. Um, I mean, obviously New York is New York, but what was it that drew you to New York? Do you have any kind of like early memories of seeing something being like, I have to be there? Like, were you six years old saying <laughs> I want to live in New York? Well, I, I was nine years old. <laughs> I was nine years old. Okay. So basically, I grew up in a very, very small apartment with my parents and a cat. Of course, <laughs> there's always a cat in the background. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I grew up in a very small, tiny apartment. And I think that back then, I realized that I want to have a big house. Okay. Uh, then I found out about the United States, about New York City, how cool it is, the, all the apartments that New York City can offer, all the houses, and I was like, I want to live there. And this was at nine? That was nine. I was nine years old. Okay. Um, yeah. So at nine years old, you have the goal, I'm going to move to New York City. You yeah. don't know what you're going to do, you're just like, I love it, it's beautiful, I'm going to have a big house, move yeah. to New York City. What's the process to get to New York City from that point? Uh, from that point, um, actually there was no process till I was 20 years old, uh, but then my grandmother, she was like, hey, do you want me to help you with moving to the United States? Because I know that a lot of um, teenagers and young people are moving to the United States for big opportunities. And I was like, sure, please do. So she gave me some money. I got the visa. I came here to work for three three months for the okay. summer okay. in 2014, and I decided to stay. I'm like, Mom, Pop, I'm not coming back home. I'm wow. staying here. Yes. So when you came here, did you have friends or family here, or you just no, came just here? No, just me. You just came here. Just me and three hundred dollars in the pocket. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened after that? Um, I worked in Lake George for three months. Um, I saved $2,000 and I was like, man, I'm ready. I'm ready to move to New York with this money. I'm like, I'm gonna crush it in New York. <laughs> so I moved to Brooklyn, to a Russian neighborhood, Brighton Beach, of course. Mm -hmm. um, then I just, I, I, I never took it for granted. Mm -hmm. I always had two jobs at least mm -hmm. to make sure that I can not only uh, survive, but save some money on the side to start any, any type of career, because I didn't know that I want to be in real estate, but I knew that I'm about to be successful. Wow, so you came here, no college, like high school education? I actually finished the university in my country. Okay. I'm a teacher of Russian language and Russian literature. Nice. Yeah, so if you guys ever need classes, <laughs> please call me. Russia. Or if you need to sell or buy real estate. <laughs> 
Either or. Either or. <laughs> um, no, Russian is a very tough language. My best friend's name is uh, Valery Stadievich. Mm-hmm. He's from uh, the Ukraine, and he tries to teach me to do this like one word of Russian a week. It's not easy. It's not easy. It just, it's just different. No, it, it's, it's hard. It's, <laughs> okay. it's really hard. I feel like if you know, like, if you speak, you could probably learn any language quick. Yes, because, yeah, because English, Romanian, and Russian, three different language families, that it's very easy for me to, let's say, to learn Spanish or Ukrainian or any other European language. So not Asian though. <laughs> I guess yeah. Once you have the ear for it, you just—it's easy for you. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to me that you seem to like have this mindset from a very young age that you were going to be successful, right? Yes, I could just feel it. Where does that come from? I have no idea. <laughs> Dig it's deep. It's just the confidence that I had all it, the time. Uh, I was always a public figure. I would say, even a, like in my town. Mm-hmm. Then when I moved to, to the capital of Moldova, uh, people would just know me because I was always everywhere. Okay. Um, and when I moved to New York, I'm like, I'm going to make it. It's just, yeah, just my confidence that helps me a lot. Yeah, like it's just a matter of time. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you find real estate? Um, I rented an apartment from a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. She opened the door and that was it. She just unlocked the door. And I was like, man, I can do this. I can do this all day long. Just open the door, show the apartment, that's it. I didn't know that there is a lot of things that you actually have to do on a daily basis to get to the point where you can rent or sell a property, right? Um, I decided to get a license, but uh, at the same time, I. I actually applied to Baruch College, okay. Um, and the major that I chose is uh, real estate development. No kidding. Yes. So I was trying to, how do you say, to kill two rabbits at the same time? Two, two birds. birds? Are, two birds, one stone. You see, in Russian, it's two rabbits. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a difference. You see. <laughs> so um, yeah, I got my license. I went to the college. And then I realized that you cannot be actually part-time salesperson as a real estate agent. Because if you want to be successful, you have to be full-time. You have to be available almost 24-7. Okay. Until you make it. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, when I was... You just got real serious there for a second. Oh, I'm sorry. It happens to me sometimes. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's just, it's it's interesting. Like, when I see you... It's like you kind of like flip the switch and you started thinking like, I got to be successful, like I got to be focused. I got to be 24-7, yeah. right? And it shows mm-hmm. because you're, you're very successful and you're very young. Keep going. I want to learn more. Right. So uh, I went to the college and I just, I decided to find a job that would actually help me in the future to become yeah. a really good, good salesperson. Got it. So I found a job and I'm really, I'm really thankful to that lady. I, like my English was not good. It wasn't good and I'm really thankful to Nancy Pax who actually took me as, um, as um, I would say intern, uh, admin assistant. I was doing everything for $15 an hour. Um, and I, I was able to combine it with, uh, with college. Okay. So, so you, went, you went through the development program? That was not the development program. That was, um, it, it just uh, it took me four weeks to uh, four, four months to find a job that I wanted. 
Got it. So uh, the company that Nancy had at that time was real estate marketing services. So we, we were helping developers with acquisitions and market predictions. Okay. So basically everything from purchasing a lot to building, what, what do you want to build on that lot? Is it going to be rentals, condos, commercial, why? So uh, you have to predict uh, basically the profit in the next five to 10 years. Okay. And what does make sense to build there? Is it going to be rentals or condos and why? So you guys are doing full-blown market studies. Mm -hmm. Like you would do um, like land use and zoning analysis and then different projections on it's going to be a condo deal or a rental deal or whatever. Right. No Demo demographic studies. Um, wow. Yeah. Pricing, repricing. That was a very that was an amazing job to have. Yes, it was. Because I went so uh, a year ago, a little more than a year ago, I graduated from NYU. I got my master's in real mm -hmm. estate development, and there was a couple of brokers in there. But I was I always thought as I was going through this program, like if you want to be a very successful commercial broker or like luxury agent who's really doing that type of stuff, like you need that type of education, like something that Absolutely. you got in order to be able to like understand what developers are looking for, speak the language, market effectively, all that. And I feel like very few agents have that. So that's pretty Absolutely, cool. yes. Wow. It's interesting that you figured that out at like a very young age, having no experience of real estate. Yes, it, it actually helps me a lot these days yeah. when I talk to investors, when I, uh, even when I communicate with people that are, that are looking to buy two, three family homes in Brooklyn, let's say. Mm -hmm. uh, it helps me a lot to, to predict what it's going to look like for them in the next five to ten years so they can see the value of a property. So how long, how long were you there for and then when did you... So I'm, I'm actually still that. working with them uh, okay. when they have when they need me. Basically, okay. uh, they can actually call me anytime, saying, "Hey, we have this project coming up. Would you like to join us on the team to work on this or that study on this or that project?" Uh, so basically, it's an um, independent contractor thing. Yeah. Uh, but I have I get a lot of insights from these projects that helps my sales career. Yeah. So yeah. It, it probably it helps you keep your pulse on the market of what's happening. Like absolutely. What are developers thinking about building? What mm -hmm. kind of permits are coming out? Demographic data, like how are things shifting? What type of product are people looking for? Which is huge. I don't know if are developers coming to you now at this point, or it's 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 probably a good way to pitch yourself since you have that information and that experience. Developers can come to you early on in the process boots on the ground, plus you have that knowledge to say, you know, what should I be building? Like, like if, I'm, if I'm building a condos, should I be doing more two bedrooms or three bedrooms? Right. What should the unit mm -hmm. sizes be? What type of amenities should I be putting in these places based on, you know, your experience? Yeah, so now I actually have a new development condominium building okay. uh, that I got just because of my background. No shit. Yeah, Four, many... 14 units, exclusive Con listing. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, so when did you really start selling? A year ago. Oh, a year ago? Yeah. Oh, Actually shit. Selling. I was selling before, but that was like here and there, uh, simply because I had my license and I was just helping people, helping my friends, but actively selling full-time salesperson, I became last year. So how many years did you spend full-time working for that company to get the experience before you really started doing sales? Almost three years. Yeah. No, that's what it takes. Yeah. Like People always come up to me and they're like, Charles, I want to do what you do. I want to flip 100 mm -hmm. plus houses a year. And I'm like, well... I trained for three to four years before I was ready to buy my first deal. Right. And then it took me a year to get my first deal. And then the rest is history. You know, you and I are kind of walking parallel yeah. paths, which is 
you know, I think a lot of agents will look and uh, I'm going to reference it because it's awesome. You should be proud of it. The big, the big check, if you haven't seen the big check, the big check is out there on Instagram. A lot of people will see that, but they don't know what you went through to get there. I have so many DMs. Uh, I have so many people that reached out to me just, just to thank me for this motivation. But I had a few people thinking that EXP paid me to promote the company, which was kind of weird because mm -hmm. people couldn't believe that uh, a regular sales agent can actually earn um, that much money after 12 months being uh, a full-time salesperson. What do we say to those people? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> no, real talk. I mean, because there's a lot of pe people like to make excuses, right? And they say, oh, within a year, she can't possibly do that. But mm -hmm. like, I've, I've been watching you for a year. First of all, you haven't been doing it for a year. You've been preparing for a long time. Exactly. You've been working at that job for three years. You have this like hunger and drive that probably like 99.9% of agents don't. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's very different. You're, um, but you operate primarily in the boroughs, right? You don't do a lot of stuff out here? Uh, yes, primarily I do Brooklyn, Manhattan, sometimes mm -hmm. Queens mm -hmm. uh, and Miami. So what do you equate, I'm sure it's a bunch of things, your like quick rise to success to? Just joining the right team. Yeah? Yeah, my team, Juan, as you mentioned, they really helped me able my mentor. Uh, they helped me grow my brand, promote my brand, our brand, and uh, get to the point where I am right now. So how did you know you wanted to do luxury and why luxury? I feel like luxury. <laughs> yes, I am luxury. I embody. I embody luxury. What kind of shoes are those? These are just regular shoes. <laughs> are those red bottom shoes? No, they're not. <laughs> okay, so um, it makes sense. Also, like I listen. Everybody has their their niche, right? But I think, like when I talk to agent, I think about it. I'm like, listen, if you, I think you need kind of like a mix. But when you're in the boroughs, everything's expensive. Like nothing's yeah. cheap in the boroughs. That is true. Like a total piece of crap in the worst part of you know East New York is can be, you know, six, eight, hundred, a million dollars. So it's just a matter of efficiency. You know, you could sell twenty or thirty five hundred thousand dollar homes, or you could sell twenty or thirty two million dollar condos. Yeah, so I prefer doing the condos mm -hmm. instead of East New York properties. Uh, and actually, you have to enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. Like, honestly, I, I don't think I would ever go to Long Island sell $400,000, homes. No offense, but it just, I don't feel it, right? But never say never. Last year, I was like, man, do I have to move to Long Island to take advantage of this market? This more, yeah. Because I was struggling last year in, in New York, in Brooklyn. Right, so I was thinking maybe I should shift my brand and marketing towards Long Island. <laughs> you never know. Talk to me about how that kind of went. So you were, well, you got into, did you get into it, po were you selling post-COVID? Like you, you started getting into it full-time after COVID hit? 2020, January of 2020, right before. Oh, right before. Yeah. So talk about kind of what it was like when it was, because it was, it was crazy then. Like, it was crazy. Talk about what it was like then, how COVID impacted it, and ultimately like what you see going on right now. Uh, yeah, so the first month in sales, I actually closed one deal and I was like, man, this is easy. I can do this, like, I can close a property or two every month. This is like nothing to do here. Uh, but then March came and every, everything under lockdown, yeah. I have no job. I was like, what am I supposed to do right now? Because the other business probably wasn't going either because people right. weren't developing. 
Yeah. So every, basically the world just like froze for three or four months. Right, but at the same time, 2020 is the best year I've ever had, not in terms of sales, mm -hmm. but in terms of self-development. Interesting. Yeah. I was gonna because, ask you, what did you do mm -hmm. during that time? So I was, I bought a lot of courses, as we all did probably. I read a lot of books about self-development, de sales, and everything that would help me in the future. Mm -hmm. um, I met a lot of friends on Instagram, and I met you on Instagram last year during the pandemic, mm -hmm. I guess. So you see, uh, I would say 80% of people that are surrounding me right now, I met them on Instagram. Yeah. Instagram is a crazy thing. Social it media is. in general is a crazy it is. thing. I agree. Um, so let's talk about your marketing, right? You're marketing to sell properties and then you're marketing to, to bring clients in. What are you doing? I mean, I see you very active on social media. What kind of things are you doing? I party a lot. <laughs> Do you meet these people in the party scene? Um, yes, I actually, I met a lot of people that are either my current clients mm -hmm. or they're going to be my clients in the future. Uh, in the party just, scene? Yeah, circle, uh, how do you say, circle prospect? No, it's not. It's basically a personal circle that you build. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. I, um, I know a realtor who's done very, very well and she liked to go to bars, she liked to play darts. She's picked up a ton of clients there. Yeah. It's just whatever you're, whether you're like playing softball, whatever, whatever it is, people have their social circles. Mm -hmm. Yours just happens to be a little bit more uh, glamorous and have a different kind of you know, group of, of people in it that works for you, that works for the kind of business that you're looking to do. Now, when I said that I party a lot, uh, that was a joke because I have my routine, you know. I, I think I you go really well. party a lot. I think you yeah, party I, the, we were talking about this before, I think you party the appropriate amount yeah. for somebody who's especially 28 years old. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm 41 years old, plus I don't drink. You, do you drink? I do. Like drink, drink? I mean, when I, when I go out, yes, I, I would have like one or two drinks for sure. Okay, well that's not bad. Why not? <laughs> you don't get drunk though. Sometimes. When was the last time you got drunk? Um, like a just, month ago. Okay. Just curious. <laughs> just, trying to, just, just, just trying to get a gauge. Um, but yeah, listen. I don't have, want to talk about it. You know, all right, you can say, listen, you can say that. There's no rules on here. If you're like, Charles, I don't want to talk about it. I'm not mysterious, but I just don't want to talk about it. That's what you could say. I'm, I'm the most straightforward person you, you've probably ever met in your life. So <laughs> I'm okay with discussing different things. I like it. Yeah. So take me through again. So you're, it's four months, nothing. You start working on yourself, which I'll give you a lot of credit for. You might say like, oh, everybody bought these courses, blah, blah, blah. A lot of people during the pandemic did shit. Like 90, really? yes. 99% of people, in my opinion, did shit. Because they could use that as an excuse to not do anything. I don't know these people, right? honestly. People, people who are around me, they're hustlers. Mm -hmm. uh, they have very similar mindset to mine. So I don't know the 99% that you're talking about. I don't know them. My, uh, <laughs> well, I guess you, you surround yourself with a certain group yeah. of people that are like-minded. But I feel like a lot of people didn't do anything. They just used that time to mess around. I, I still think there's a lot of people that are riding it out. Mm-hmm. Even to this point. Just as long as like COVID can be an excuse. Yeah. But you didn't. You continued to get educated. And then what happened through COVID? So I realized that New York City is struggling. A lot of people were saying that New York City is not the same anymore. It's dead. You have to move out. You have to leave New York. So when you say New York City, you're talking about Manhattan? Uh, or you're no, talking about Brooklyn, boroughs. Queens also? Yeah. Okay. For me, New York City is Brooklyn, Queens, and Manhattan. Okay. Not Staten Island. <laughs> not Staten Island. Not the, not, not the BX. <laughs> some parts of BX. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, uh, that was definitely a struggle. I had uh, a lot of listings that 
I would say it took me six to eight months to sell those listings because there was no de demand. And before they were going, what yeah. was average time? 30 yeah. days, two weeks? Exactly, weeks. and all the listings that had no balconies or these were like one bedrooms, uh, they would just stay there no, with no increase and we couldn't explain why. Then we realized that people need more space now. They don't want one bedroom, they want two bedrooms. Yeah. They want condos without outdoor space. They want outdoor space, at least a balcony. So we had to market. Are they willing to pay the premium for that though? Um, it depends on the neighborhood and property type. Okay. Yeah. So if you would sell a single family home during the pandemic in, um, in Brooklyn, it would go over asking price. Uh, condos would, would go way below asking price. Got it. Just because people want the space. Yeah. Which is exactly why everything started going nuts here. Like values here are probably up like 15% in the last year right. and a half. Yeah, there, there was no increase or decrease in um, New York City prices. It was just no demand because there was a short period of time for the prices to adjust. Did it just, so basically there was no activity? Yeah, it was just flat. And people weren't dropping prices, they just sat there? Mm -hmm. and we're, are we still there now? Uh, right now there is a lot of demand in New York City, in Manhattan. Really? And in Brooklyn as well, yes. A lot of demand, uh, a lot of um, people that are moving, even, even let's say um, people from Long Island, they would move to Manhattan just to take advantage of the concessions that uh, developers... Uh, on rentals. On, on rentals and condos as well, because there is a lot of um, off-market concessions that they wouldn't promote online. Okay. But when you come to the property, they would show you off-market deals. Okay. Uh, and add some more concession value to this deal just to sell out the building. So talk to me about the way the Manhattan market works. I don't know about it at all. Like, I know the way Long Island, real, Long Island market is like pretty much like what you see is what you get. It's like, it's open. Everything's pretty much on the MLS for the most part. I mean, there's off market deals, yes. But the Hamptons are very different. They, op they don't operate on the MLS. They have their own right. thing. Are there a lot of like, you know, pocket listings in the city? Do you have to go direct to agents that are working with developers if you're going with new construction? What is the marketing and the market like in, in New York City in regards to like how things get sold and what concessions get made? So in New York City, um, agents are very, how do you say, cooperative. They want to yeah. work with buyer's agents. Let's say if I have a buyer okay. and I bring my buyer to a few developments, they are so happy that, that I have this client here that is actually qualified to make a purchase uh, that would take it to all off-market units in the building just to make sure that they purchase at this building. I uh, wouldn't go to, to the building across the street. Are they doing that? Is that the culture in general or they're doing that just because of the market and what's going on right now? It's the culture in general. So they're very... They're they just want to sell it uh, as soon as possible. Doesn't, doesn't matter whether they get 6% or 3%. They just want to sell it and move on. Interesting. Yeah. But everything's not listed out there in the open. Like what, what, are, they, what are they... Is there a database in the city that they use? Like an MLS of New York City? Rebney. Rebney? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Is everything mostly on there or not so much? Uh, mostly, yeah. For the most part. Okay. So you'll find it on there, you'll bring your buyer, mm -hmm. you'll work with the listing agent. Sometimes they have pocket listing type stuff. They have pocket listings. Yes. Things that are in the building that aren't listed yet. Yes, it's called shadow inventory. Okay. What kind of, what kind of concessions do you see them making through COVID? Uh, everything that wouldn't uh, affect uh, price per square foot. Let's say they would pay your real estate taxes for the next two to five years. 
This really? wouldn't affect the price per square foot at the building. Because they want to maintain the comps at a certain exactly. level. Exactly, exactly. This, or they would pay your uh, common charges or, uh, or give you a free storage room for the next 10 years. Wow. Uh, yeah, so anything that wouldn't mess with uh, PSF. So I'm of the opinion that New York is like, New York is a very tough place to operate. New York in general, right, as a state. Yeah. But I feel like it fans out from New York City. Like, New York City is very tough. Brooklyn is very tough. Like, there are sharks. You have to be very tough to negotiate. As you go out to Nassau County, it gets better. Suffolk County, it like kind of like fans out and gets easier, right? Um, you must be a very tough negotiator. I am. <laughs> I definitely am. It's, it's, a, it's a sport for me. It's like mm -hmm. tennis, you know, playing tennis back and forth. Do you like it? Uh, I do. I enjoy it. Yeah? I like getting really, really good deals from my clients. Doesn't matter on the sales side, on the buy side, doesn't matter to me. I just like negotiating. <laughs> hmm. No, because a lot of people have anxiety about that. Like, they have anxiety about making offers, they have anxiety about asking too much. Really? Yes. <laughs> Come on. Well, if when it comes to buyers, maybe they do have anxiety, but when they have like a really, really good agent that represents them, they shouldn't have any anxiety. Yeah. Shameless promotion, keep doing it. It's all I about like, trust I like between it. you and your expert, your real estate agent. So for agents out there, right, myself included, I'm, I'm always looking to learn these things. What, um, you know, do you have any particular like strategy or tips with negotiation? Is it like a feeling? I feel like you're a very socially intelligent person, just probably by nature, meaning you like, you have a good feel for people and sense for people. Like, I feel like you're probably the kind of person that can meet somebody and I kind of like understand who they are and like a very, very quickly. Not necessarily, no? to be honest with you. It, yeah, it takes me some time to figure out what kind of person is in front of me. Really? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> All right, that backfired. <laughs> so how does that work in the negotiation process? Like, how do you know how far you can push it? How do you know when know you should back it? Okay. I know the market. I know I, I can. Um, um, sometimes I, I'm I, I'm even surprised how good how good of a deal I could actually pull for my client. Mm -hmm. uh, but it always works. How do you go about understanding the market and, and keeping your kind of like finger on the pulse of the market? Is it through the job that you maintain for that reason? Is it are you constantly studying, reading reports? How do you how do you do that? Like how do you know? I'm a, I'm an active agent, so I always know what's going on here and there. Simply because I have a lot of deal, deals going on at the same time mm -hmm. that I'm negotiating. I'm losing deals. I'm winning deals. Okay. Um, so, yeah, when you're active, you exactly know what's going on. Oh, that makes sense. But again, then you're spread amongst. So where are you at, where are you currently doing deals right now? You Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens. Where are you doing deals? Uh, right now in all three boroughs. All three boroughs. Yeah. And from condos to single family homes, everything. Yes, it's mostly condos, uh, sometimes co-ops. Okay. Because it's still a thing in Manhattan and Brooklyn. There's yeah. a lot of co-ops there. Uh, single family and multifamily. Interesting. So multifamily from an investment standpoint or multifamily from more of like a, I'm going to buy this three family, live in one unit, rent the other two units type of thing. Yes, it's either investment or... Um, as first-time investment for some people. So I've been seeing you do some videos on like, you know, cap rates and things <laughs> like that, really like kind of teaching uh, investment type strategies. Did you learn that from your previous job? Is that how that came about? 
No, actually, uh, I learned all these uh, things from uh, my team members. No shit. Yeah, we have a lot of, we have really, really good training on this side. And uh, we will go over uh, very common issues and problems when it comes to, let's say, multifamilies. Okay. We will go over this every, every month. I would say, just for us to remember, just for us to stay on the top of each deal that we have. Do you, are there people on the team that are really familiar with that type of thing, like you know, cap rates and vacancy rates and construction costs and things, or do you guys bring in kind of outside experts and you do a lot of training? How does that work? So Juan and Abel, they, they know what they're, they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. And they uh, do a lot of training for us to make sure that we perform. Oh, shit. Yeah, they help us a lot with this. It's very <laughs> impressive, I had no idea. Yeah. Because especially like there's a lot of agents that want to get into like the commercial space, mm -hmm. but they don't know where to start, and the brokers aren't really teaching it. So that's very interesting that you guys are doing. Yeah, that. that's a huge issue. When, as I said, that it helps me. It helped me a lot that I joined the right team, because if you are if you join a brokerage or a team that do not help you, you gotta leave because otherwise you would have to leave the industry. Interesting. So what? And this is for agents, obviously everywhere. What recommend, you have a new agent that's coming in, what kind of advice would you give them to be able to, to vet a team, to vet a broker, what should they really be looking for? Um, first of all, I would say that they should look at, uh, at their presence, at the brokerage's presence. For, let's say if you want to farm a local neighborhood, okay. Uh, you definitely want to know if that brokerage or that, or that team covers that neighborhood because it's going to be tough for you to farm that neighborhood without your brokerage's presence. You have to start from the scratch. Okay. Uh, if, you, if you're okay like me, I don't care where the property is located unless it's in Brooklyn or Manhattan or Queens, let's say, right? Got it. Uh, I don't farm a certain neighborhood, although I can, but it, it might take me 12 to 12, 24 months to farm this particular neighborhood. Got it's it. a lot of work. So uh, it all depends on where you want to be as a real estate agent. Okay. Uh, if you are like me and brand is very important to you, you have to see their social media presence, their marketing presence, um, their branding tools that they're using. So it all depends on how do you want to position yourself as a salesperson. So what was the courtship process like between the Goldbar team and you? Because I know Juan very well, and he sells his ass off. Like he's he's tough, but I feel like you're you're tough. Like you're not easily impressed or swayed or anything. That is true. But during uh, I joined Goldbar uh, during the pandemic. Okay. Because I went with a local brokerage in the beginning. But three months later, I realized that the industry is shifting. It's going to be all virtual. And the social media presence and um, presence online in general is very important. And this is how I met Jason and Juan, who actually um, asked me to join the team. And I, I went for it. What do you think about, a lot of agents are nervous. I hear like the buzz, I'm sure you've heard the chatter of like, Zillow is going to take over, yeah. or agents aren't going to be needed, and everything's going to be online. How do you feel about that? Mm, I trust my brand. I want to create. Uh, I want to create business based on my brand, on our brand, Goldbar, and my particular name. This is why I, I meet people uh, at parties, let's say, because I want them to work with me, not with Zillow. Mm -hmm. Why with me? Because they know me. Because they trust me. No, that's true. There's 
people say that all, to me all the time that like Zillow's taking over. I'm like, listen, the amount of agents that are around might be less, but there's always gonna be people that want kind of like their hand held through a process of spending hundreds if not mm -hmm. millions of dollars. Exactly, especially when it comes to luxury yes. market, people definitely want someone to take care of this, the, the whole process. They don't want to do the, this themselves. They don't want to do the property search. They don't want to, they, they definitely need an expert. Yeah. Because they're too busy to do this themselves. Exactly, depending on who you're dealing with in certain cases, a lot of times they don't even go see the property. Like they'll send you yeah. and you're essentially their, their exclusive agent. You'll tour all the properties, give them your opinion, updates, yep. and they'll buy based off of that. Yes. So talk to me about Miami. Miami, Miami is the next market that- Miami's on fire. That I want to be in, yes. It is on fire, uh, just like New York City. New York City is on fire as well. Did you know I was Spanish in a previous life? Really? Can you salsa dance? I can't. Can you dance at all? Uh, yes. Okay. I, I was a professional dancer. No shit. Yeah. Like ballroom? What kind? Hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> Why do people start laughing every time I say this? It wasn't the hip hop thing, it was the pause. Because <laughs> I knew that something is coming. <laughs> no, I, no, not at all, not at all. Yes, I, I, I feel like I was Spanish in a past life. I love Miami. I have some very good friends that live there. I love going there. Yeah. Uh, the only time I don't love it is in like now because it's 300 degrees and you'll melt. Exactly. That's why I'm here. <laughs> but otherwise, it's amazing. So you're licensed now in Florida? Yes, I got my license last year when I realized that most of my friends are moving to Miami and they need my help there, but I don't have a license. So I had to refer out a lot of people to local agents. Okay. And then I was like, no, let me just get a license. <laughs> so what's the business plan? The business plan is that I'm, um, I want to um, create a team in South Florida okay. because I have my business up and running here in New York. Okay. Uh, so I want to start the same thing in Florida. Uh, do, you have a do you have your own, I know that you're with the Gold Bar team, but mm -hmm. do you kind of have your own offshoot team up here also that so kind of operates under you that you funnel leads to and things? Right, so I have agents that are in my downline that I can actually handle my business to them and okay. I know that it's, go it's going to be all right, right? Uh, so I want to create my own team in uh, South Florida okay. because although I'm in Miami, there is a lot of uh, cities in South Florida that I'm not going to cover. Let's say Boca Raton yeah. is a really, really good market, but I'm not going to drive one hour from my home to Boca Raton just yeah. for one client, I would rather give it to someone, right? So this is why I want to have my own team there that covers different areas, just like we do here in Gold Bar. Mm -hmm. Every agent on the Gold Bar, we, we cover different areas. Okay. And th this helps a lot. That's interesting. So there's no nobody really crosses over on Gold Bar. Everybody kind of has yeah. their own territory. Yeah. That's, That's why we're still friends. That's very interesting. <laughs> I guess, was that Juan's concept when he put it together? He's yes. Gonna, oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to have him back on the podcast then. I had him on the podcast a long time ago when he first got into it, but obviously it's evolved a lot in mm -hmm. the last, like, I think it was like three years ago that he was on. So good for him, that's very impressive. Yeah. And he's got a dynamite head of hair. <laughs> dynamite. Cue the picture of Juan and his, like, right? gorgeous <laughs> jet black mane. Um, so what are you planning on doing? It's going to be a back and forth thing? You're gonna be, are you just taking, basically, if you have good clients that are, I feel like wealthy people are in both areas. They have properties in Miami and they have properties in New York. Right. So is that the angle? You're back and forth basically mm -hmm. working with your client or are you looking to like kind of snowbird 
and go down there in the winter months and come up here in the summer months. Because I know agents that have tried that, they're like, I hate New York winters, it sucks here, yeah. I'm going to Florida. But it's hard to like build that business when you're just there for a couple months and then here for a couple months. You have to have a strategy, you have to have a system that you follow. Okay. So for me, it's going to be back and forth for sure. Why? Because I'm a New York person. Okay. Uh, Florida is a little bit slow for me, so I have to come back to New York all the time to get that drive, you know what I mean? To get that energy. Okay. Uh, and go back to Florida for like two weeks. <laughs> so this is why I have an apartment here and in Florida, so I can go back and forth. Are you looking to be like a Florida citizen? You're planning on spending more time there than yes. here? Yes. Now, yes, I have to. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So really the main, so you're going to, you're going to maintain your business here, but the main focus is to build your business out in Florida. Yes. So I, I'm that kind of person that needs a new project every now and then mm -hmm. to keep myself just entertained, I guess. I love new challenges. Mm -hmm. So if I feel like I'm, I have my business here up and coming, up and growing. So I, I, I just need to move on to, to a new project. So Miami is my new project. <laughs> Interesting. Cause that's pretty, I mean, so you've basically, you've, you've built a good business in 12 months and now you're on to another project already. Yeah. How long does Miami last before it's, you get bored and you go to the next project and what is the next project? Or you haven't gotten there yet? Maybe, I don't know, maybe California, who knows? <laughs> I'm joking, no, not yet, not yet. But who knows, in 12 months, let's, mm -hmm. let's just catch up. <laughs> what is your, I mean, what's the, the five, the 10 year goal? Uh, to retire. No, you'd be so freaking bored. I know, right? <laughs> no, you can't. I always said this thing. I always so I'm 41. My thing was like I'm gonna be married, retired, and uh, well, I'm gonna be married to like a 27 year old, retired, and have kids at 40. I'm gonna do it all at 40. Mm -hmm. Then I got to be 40, <laughs> and Mike. Well, a I tried to get married at 35, and that didn't work. So that was like step one. Two, I don't have kids, and then three, I realized I could never retire because I would be bored out of my mind kind of feel like you're the same way. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah, I'm, I, I want to, f to think that I want to retire mm -hmm. because I don't want to work as much as I do right now. But for me, retirement it means that I'll be still selling real estate, mm -hmm. but it's going to be um, ultra luxury real estate that I'm going to actually enjoy and I'll be selling these properties to my friends. This is the retirement for me. <laughs> Do you, um, I mean, I know you like to have a good time, right? But do you really value that or do you really like, you know, the process and the grind and the hard work and the building things? I, I love building things, yeah. Building relationships, building strategies, building businesses. This is definitely my thing. This is why I need a new project every, every now and then. Yeah, I don't think you're going to retire that fast. Oh. Not because you, not because you won't be able to. I think for a lot of people, when they say that, and that was myself, I think that was myself included at that time when I was 25 or whatever. Which is, you want to be financially free. Yes. So at a certain age, you want to know, like, you know, I have the money to be secure and I'm okay. I don't have to worry about it. But once you like have enough money, where you're like, okay, I'm not going to starve. There has to be something else there. Maybe so. I'll just start um, traveling. That's my dream. Um, so 2020 was, I, I call 2020 my financial freedom year. Mm -hmm. uh, and I became actually finance, financially free in 2020. Yeah? 
Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, uh, this is a topic for a different inter- interview, I guess, but I became financially free in 2020. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just cashing out on everything that I see. <laughs> so in five years, I think it's going to be more like a passive income okay. that would allow me to travel and just enjoy everything that I'm doing in my life. So I don't have to wake up and think, I have to follow up with this. I have to follow up with that, you know, <laughs> just to enjoy everything that I'm doing. I get it. No, I mean, listen, I appreciate you coming down. I'm super impressed with what you've done, what I've seen you doing on social media and now meeting you, even more impressive. Um, so if people are interested in working with you either from a buyer, seller, or potentially working with EXP, how do they find you? Um, Instagram is the best way to, to find me. Katerina, real estate, that easy. <laughs> all right, we could do that thing where you put the link right here. Levy does all the magic. Um, again, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Obviously, thank you for the very generous gift. It's the, uh, the first I've ever received, so that's very <laughs> cool. Uh, obviously, I'm a handsome home buyer, so if you have a house that smells like cat pee, dated from the 1960s, you know. Quick, easy, levy. I want to buy it. 51677 sold. And obviously, if you have any kind of permit related questions, issues, Aaron, who are you going to call? Captain Permit. Captain Permit. 516 513 8838. That's a wrap.